0: One, two, three, four, I'm testing.
1: Everywhere we stay creative for keeping it. out here, you'll never get it Never trust no wireless game You stay selective But Babanissan gang up cabana, uh, Live the name of Africa We can't breathe Racism is real for us From east to west This incarceration for us Is a serious problem Youngerland it palapakuti Maspalubika We're two divided in Africa must in. How can an African in Africa Be a foreigner? Back in the days In Africa, there were no borders Even Middle East was part of Ikumbula. Now we are fractured and break free we stay create we stay scared and margin. that's waste so time we need wealth and self love, not equality but. by nature and bent right Africans are superior
2: I was put on this earth to tell stories When I'm spitting and I'm writing I feel the light of God's glory Human life is not just to eat, sleep and die
1: We got our meaning from the dreaming Not just earning the next dime I'm on this grind This is my spiritual life I'm in synagogue twice a year But I write in the nighttime. Creative minds driven by the urge to make you feel To make things real I feel I made a deadly deal Less wealth and a lifetime of service Till the day I die But honestly it's worth it Cause my life was saved by scripts and
2: stages by notes and take decks, CDs, vinyl, and iPod playlists.
1: My name is T.I.K. Yeah, that's who spanked this. Now remember my voice and my mind is creative. I hear voices from the other side in my head, trying to write it down before I wind up dead. I've got to spit it because they can. Creative mind is in a trance. Weaving sentences into pictures and trying to express what is in your pre-ancestors' voices. Sing, greater
0: minds are now in Yo. you are right. Like a run at a time. Hope you like my last piece. i coming with the last. the actual times. Something like a crime When I put words together, it's just gon' be so fly I have a blessed treasure Love the Yahweh in my ancestors Fourth mixtape Don't you hear this band? Never again Well my friends, here you go Let me rip this flow for uh. the simple folk Watch my peanut flow blow, uh Pizzle visible on a different stroke. What the hell, I ever could put God last. Living my dreams 40 plays in a podcast. Fit days in my apartment just hurting. Surging, but then I get creative in a coffee shop. Being nerded, was slept on to creator. My douglas is certain. Always working, never break for heaven's sake. I'm getting taste, Watch the move. Yo, I got one to do with something to prove. I got one to do with something to prove. Now before my last breath, it's something to do. Feel me? Yeah. We created minds and we made it shine. Always on five. that crazy grind. Taking time on the stage. At the run, 8 to 5. five. Created five. minds, created minds. What's cracking my people it's your boy adq welcome it's your boy adq welcome to yet another episode of adq's renaissance i am your host with the most keeping 100 from coast to coast through god i boast again adq it's sunday january the 10th 2021 oh yeah 2021 Um, I'm not going to talk for long. I just want to tell you all that, you know, um, I hope you all are having a beautiful day. Um, I hope all that you touch turns to gold. I got to text my bad, y'all. Um, I hope all that you touch turns to gold. And yo, I'm going to drop this on Monday morning, so... Allow me to give y'all a little Mo- Monday morning inspirations. First of all, <clears throat> on this episode of ADQ's Renaissance, I'm interviewing uh, a young man by the name of Caleb Kurtz. He will be the youngest person I've ever interviewed on ADQ's Renaissance. But yo, that's that's great because, you know, Boy 16 and full energy and full drive and determination uh you know qualities that we because that we could stand to hold on to our entire lives but before we get into uh, my interview with him so I read a little bit more of the Browder files right? And I'm reading this ep- this essay about the color black. It's called "On the Color Black." It's beautiful. Check this out: Black ball, black male, black list, black market. Have you ever wondered why, why most references to the color black have a negative or demeaning connotation? It wasn't always that way. The world as we know it has literally been turned upside down many things which were once positive are now presented presented as negative african americans have been programmed to think that black is something to be ashamed of it's strange that the people who gave the world culture science religion and civilization know so little about their ancestral heritage all we have to do is study our history and the perceptions that we have of ourselves will change instantaneously Black is a color that has the ability to attract to it all rays of color and light. Black is an absorber of both light and cosmic radiation. It is one of the most powerful colors in existence. Our ancient African Egyptian ancestors sometimes placed black capstones on their pyramids and ob- obelisks. obelisks because of the powers inherent in the color black. Some of the world's most sacred icons, including statues and other images, reflect the African reverence for the color black. Shrines of the black Madonna can be found throughout all of Europe. The large block of stone in Mecca called the Kaaba is a black monolith of extreme importance to the Islamic community. The facts are very plain. Black has always been and will continue to be a source of power and influence as the following list indicates solar energy cells are black dry cell batteries are, are powered by black chemicals judges wear black robes witches and warlocks wear black robes priests and nuns wear black robes graduating students wear black caps and gowns chauffeur driven limousines are often black. The scientific, religious, and social uses of the color black are based on time-tested evidence regarding the usefulness of that color. Black is a generator of energy. Energy is drawn towards black substances where it can be uh, stored for a determined time, a period of time, and uses as needed. In other words, black is beautiful. And I love, 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 love being black. I'm black and I freaking love it now with that being said my guest was born in Ethiopia um there's a bible verse that talks about Ethiopia let's see go to the Google because I don't know I know it's in Psalms Marcus Garvey mentioned it once Yo, my hair is itchy. Isaiah forty five fourteen Thus says the Lord the products of Egypt and the merchandise of Cush and the Sabines men of stature will come over to you and will be yours. They walk behind you. They will come over and whoa, whoa! I don't know. I like that verse. That sounds a lot like slavery. Here we go. Ezekiel chapter thirty, verse four through nine. A sword will come upon Egypt, and anguish will be in Ethiopia. When the slain fall in Egypt and take away her wealth. Yo, let's see what. what. What's my NLT translation? Talking about suns falling in Ethiopia. Get this right, Ezekiel Ezekiel thirty four through nine. In IV version, a sword will come against Egypt, and English will come. Against Cush. When the slain fall in Egypt, her wealth will be carried away and her foundations torn down. Cush, Ethiopia, uh, and Libya, uh, Lydia, and all Arabia, Cub, and the people of the covenant land will fall by the sword along with Egypt. This is what the Lord says. The outlook. You know what? Great people in Ethiopia. There's people in Ethiopia who have done great things. I think Ethiopia. I think Haile Selassie. I'm going to leave it there. Uh, y'all stay tuned. This is ADQ's Renaissance. Coming up next, I'm going to be chopping up with my little homie, Caleb Kurtz. You and I got an agent. And then... You know, all, all this started happening again. So basically, yo. So basically, your acting career started on started off of a bet. Yeah,
2: basically started off with a bet, saying, "I bet I can be a things."
0: And you know, the great thing about and you know, the great thing about that is how many of us bet on ourselves. You know, no matter what degree of the bet, how many of us bet on ourselves? How many of us say, you know what? I bet you i could do this or we bet to ourselves hey you know what you know what you can do this so tell me this excuse me what is it about what is it about stranger things that really pulled you in that really allured that really um appealed to you
2: let's see um well i like the story a lot you know it made it was a tv show that didn't have people It didn't have drama queens, it didn't have people, you know, just screaming and yelling at each other. You know, it had, it actually made sense. And I really liked how, you know, it was a good story. And basically, I was was like, man, I'd really love to be on there. At the time, I didn't know extras, such things existed. So I was like, oh, man, I'm never going to be on that thing. But it'd be really, really cool. And that was basically it, you know, it. I really like the
0: story. How how they the Duffer Brothers constructed it into a a, de- a really good story. So story so story was so story is what pulled you in. Um, how how inspirational is the style of that story? Uh, how inspirational is it to you as you uh, construct your own narratives, which we'll get into in, in a little bit
2: um like for into the shadows uh, uh here's a here's a here's a fact you're gonna if you start writing if you're gonna start script writing here's a good fact don't script write watching one of your favorite shows because without noticing you will write that into your script and you won't notice that until someone reads it out loud so there, so there, there's a little idea and a fact you really want to follow but it really struck on to me without even really noticing from my other scripts. I was like, because when I was reading it, it it felt like a story. And then Matt and my father started reading it aloud and then you started reading it aloud. I was like, oh my God. Oh God, it is like Stranger Things. Cool, you know, it, it wasn't bad, you know? It's not like I copied off of some, you know, some movie that no one had really even heard of. So. But it fit in the story and it, it sounded really good. And I was like, you know what? I'll just, I'll keep it in there, you know? Because going back and having to redo all of that, it would just, you know, me at 14, I was super lazy. So I was like, oh God, no, no, I don't, no. Just, it works with the story. It's really good. It's pretty scary. I'm pretty sure people love it. Just just keep it in there, you know? Just, <laughs> I was really lazy.
0: Well, um, I'll tell you this, um, I was watching I was watching uh, Into the Shadows. I think I was watching like the uh, third episode. The third episode when y'all were talking about <coughs> spoiler alert. When y'all were talking about the five paths, right? Yeah. I was into it, and then I heard my phone go off, and it kind of, and maybe and maybe flinch a little bit. I'm like, oh dang, I'm into this. <laughs> well, thank you. Oh yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. So, um, tell me this. Tell me this. Um, when I saw uh when I saw unwrapping Christmas, right? Yeah. I saw you run up. I saw you run up in there. You know, you had your costume on. It was a very it was a very de- uh, desert desert like environment, right? Yeah,
2: it was. Yeah, it was about. Yeah, it was about. It was we shot in Kitty Hawk, and the size of it was like it's probably the size of. See. Probably three of the green, like you know, downtown, the field. Uh, yeah. It was like it's like three of those mashed together. It was pretty big and pretty
0: cold. Oh dang! Y'all didn't even look. Y'all didn't even look cold. But hey, that's acting, right? But that and- is but yo, I looked at that scene and it and it looked like really, really, really biblical. Like if anybody's going to make a biblical narrative, boom, I mean that that's one way to, that's that scene in itself, uh kinda like, you know, took uh biblical stories that I know of and dramatized it um on uh visually, right? Yeah. Where'd you come from with that scene? Like, uh, how did you how how did you put your character together with that scene? I mean, how did you put your character together for that uh, for the for that particular film? Well, the um, the
2: director Matthew, he was uh, um, you know, he's he's a big Jesus guy. He gave a lot of backstory about the story and the characters. Cuz he's one he's also the scriptwriter with this other guy. I'm sorry, I don't remember your name other dude, but um yeah, but he was also a script writer. And he told me everything about it, and he told me what the character's doing here. And he said, it's basically like the the three ghosts of like the past and how I'm one of them. And how I'm just really trying to convince this guy, you need to go down the right path. Otherwise, you know, you, you'll, you'll go down my path. And I'm, look where I'm stuck. I'm stuck in the desert here where it sucks. So I really took that narrative of getting him into the right position. Cause you know the kid was younger. He was like, um, I think he was like, he was fourteen. Yeah. So he was two years younger than me. So I had to help. I had to help him out a little bit. But I, it was basically, I had to basically just make, base my character on getting this kid to the right path instead of going down where I went. So that really, that really helped me. So thank you, Matthew.
0: Um, did you by any chance pull? Did you by any chance pull from any personal experiences? utilize any uh acting devices in in there no
2: not really i haven't had like a personal experience like that before but no
0: I, you not. I hope you will not
1: thank
0: you no problem man um so yo let's rewind a little bit let's rewind a little bit so um okay so you're a kid from ethiopia <laughs> shout out out to ethiopia um well i think ethiopia uh first person i think of You're the second person first person i think of is ali selassie um let's see and i think about uh and i think about the scripture that marcus garvey mentions where it says sons will come from ethiopia something like that that oh, boy uh it, it escapes me at the moment anywho okay. What, uh, what was your, if you don't mind me asking, what was your upbringing like? Regular Greensboro? No, my, my father's regular father. Huh? I was about to say, your regular, your regular, uh, Greensboro upbringing?
2: Yeah, well, we lived in New Mexico for a little bit. Until it was like, uh, like maybe, maybe a couple years, like until it was three, because I was adopted at one. So... And I, oh man, I wish I had New Mexico, but we, I grew up in New Mexico with my brothers and my dad and my mother, and you know, they're really good parents. And my father who's been helping me out with all this, he's he, he's been, um, you know, he's, he's been really helping me out with all this impacting stuff. And my mother who's been, you know, <laughs> she's she's been helping me out with some things too. And when we moved down to Greensboro, <laughs> it was really cool at first. And now that I'm older, some of my friends who've moved from Atlanta, New York, to here, I was like, why move here? There's nothing to do down here. No, I'd so rather live in Atlanta. And they go like, ah, man. Now, Atlanta is so much more chaotic, but here, it's peaceful. I was like, oh, God, I I need some chaotic in my life,
0: you know? Just get me some, just just, just get me going, you know? Man, 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 when you talk talk about you want some chaotic in your life, you talking good chaotic or bad chaotic? What type of chaos? What type of chaos you want? You
2: know, like you know how you if you you see you live here too, you know how you live here. And you you barely see anything. You go downtown, you see like ten people at the most, and then you go back and you can literally walk from one side of the city to the other, and that's kind of weird. But when I go to when I, the first time I went to Atlanta, it's like it was like I just like I saw a mirror, like a, like a, like a unicorn. You know, you, you hear about it a lot, you never see it unless you see it on video, but. When I went there, it was so cool, because you can see like, you see construction guys, you can see a fireman, you can see a policeman, you know, you see so many different colors in this city, but here it's just, you know, it's just 10 people at the most you see. It's peaceful at some times, but you know, I'd, I like to live in a big city since he's been, he's been living in a big city for years, and then he moved here.
0: Well, I'm pretty sure that I'm pretty sure that, uh, once you, uh, once you graduate and you, and you decide, and I'm pretty sure you made the decision that you're going to fully, fully devote yourself to your craft and whatnot. Um, I'm sure that that's, I'm sure that's a conversation that you and your folks can uh, sit down and really, really, really have. Now you are pulling your hair right now, which, uh, that's one thing that I want to bring. That's one thing I want to bring up. Yo, in every single role I saw you in, I love how you wear your hair just completely natural, right? Yeah. That makes me think, yo, I got my hair is locked up right now. Hmm. Huh. I wonder will any directors raise a fuss about that? Caleb wears his hair natural. Do uh, any directors be like, yo, Caleb, I need you to cut your hair for you role for this role?
2: Nah, no, nobody says that. I mean, most well, some of like. Seventy percent of the things I've been on, you just wear you just wear the clothes you're wearing right now, you know. So they're not really, they've never gone that far to tell you to cut your hair. But I was like in a Hollywood film, and I'd be like, oh yeah, just
0: just just do whatever you want to, you know. Just just get me in the film. I'm the same way, you know. I love my locks, but you know, if it's like big budget, you know, um Hollywood Broadway stuff, uh, Mr. Quarles, we need you to cut your hair. <sighs> It's been real. You got me so many women. Go ahead. Cut it off. Oh, my God. i miss my locks. You all are tuning in to ADQ's Renaissance. I am ADQ, and I am chopping it up with my little homie, uh, Caleb Kurtz, future Academy Award winner right here. Now, tell me this. Tell me this. Um... When I again again sometimes when I think about you, I think about myself. And I'm like, yo, what if I would have done this? If I when I was when I was Caleb when I was Caleb's age. When I was in high school, right? Yeah. I had this theater part of me that was aching to get out, right? Yeah, yeah. But I never let it get out. Instead, I instead I started wearing the uh, Atlanta braids chain because of the A, and started walking around with my pants sagging. I had braids at the time. And I started rapping. I was like, "Yo, on ADQ." Da, 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 da. <laughs> I did that. Yeah, I did. Um, how was high school for you? Like, did you embrace theater, or what, what's what's high school been like for you so far? Well, I'm homeschooled
2: because I can't do acting and high school. Well, I am doing both, but my dad makes it a little bit more easier on me. But, um, yeah, my middle school, oh, God, oh, I hate my middle school, you know? I had uh, yeah. since I, I hated my middle school because I was stuck in the, there was two hallways. I think everybody knows this who's going to watch this. There's the smart hallway. And then there's my hallway, the dumb hallway. And the dumb hallway is usually filled with, you know, ghetto kids you sat, you know, ghetto kids. And I used to always get ones on my test because I, I people used to think that I was mentally challenged. So they would just stick me with the mentally challenged kids. You know, they um they need to take their time. I hated that. So to get back on my teachers, I just I just kept getting ones on everything so I can take a good nap. But I was stuck in the dumb hallway and the dumb hallway is so, You know, because I never fit in because, you know, I acted like myself and everybody else tried acting like somebody else. You know, I I, I didn't like any of that. So then near the end of the year, my dad was like, hey, you know what? Do you want to homeschool? I was like, I don't know because I'd miss some of my friends. And he goes, like, you can think about it. So when I heard at the end of the year everybody's going to get in a fight with everybody's enemy, I was like, okay, there's the. There's the last straw, bye-bye. That's bye school, you know, I'm done. So I'm going to go homeschool. And you know, it's so much more peaceful homeschooling. You don't have nobody messing with you. You have nobody touching you, you know, it's, it's, it's peaceful, you know? And my dad makes it easier for me.
0: Yeah, I was saying, like, uh, when I was in, yo, when I was in school, I was picked on myself and yo, if I would um, fully embrace my inner theater person, probably will pick been picked on twice as much as I was, right? Um yeah. I actually <clears throat> it's, it's it's ironic I say this because I just got hired as an assistant teacher, but I will actually advocate for some level of homeschooling because see in the school system you have to adhere to a syllabus that's put together by the state, right?
1: Homeschool, yeah. you
0: know, you got your parents You got your parents educating you. Your parents are not yeah. like Trying to handle like 16 other kids in the classroom, right?
2: Yeah,
0: yeah So I would, so i advocate for some level Of homeschooling
2: Yeah, I think I think homeschool is be- I, I think homeschool is best For really everyone because You know, homeschool, your parents, some people have a way to think. You need to chew gum to get your brain working. You need to hear music to get your mind working. You know, you gotta do things and the teachers won't let you do that in class and it will stop you from thinking and your mind will just be focused on all of that. And it's, it's so much, but your parents, they will let you do what you do and you will get the good grade because you may, soon enough, like my dad said, if you don't give a kid work the whole year, Soon enough they're gonna want something to do and the only thing around they know is to do work and soon enough they're gonna have to do they're gonna want to do work so in embracing that you're gonna do work your own way and that's why I think homeschooling is really just the best for a lot of people you know it's it's just so much more easier because your parent knows you they know what you do they know how you react to things and They best. They just know you. Like you said, teaching. You have sixteen other students you have to worry about. And in my school, my middle school, they didn't really teach you anything. You know, my um, God, my Miss Williams. What a, wow. She she was so mean. She wouldn't she wouldn't like teach us. She just put stuff on the wall, and give you like a, thick like this thick of a packet work, and say if you don't get just just put all this down, and if you don't finish it, you have to do it for homework. And you couldn't do it for homework because all the stuff there required you to go to a certain place. So we had to go to different fields. We had to go to all this other place. You know, it's, teachers don't, some PhD teachers just don't teach you. They just give you work and hope you pass. And homeschooling is just so much going better for people, you know?
0: Yeah, see I hear that and I feel and that challenges me as I embark upon my own new educator uh, journey like teaching to me teaching to me is informing you about a certain subject until You know or have some type of retentive knowledge about it, right? like like one day I would like to go into like one day I would like to leave the classroom and teach, uh, teach Black history and theater. Right? Yeah. Well, I'm not going to write Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, Eldridge Cleaver on the board and give you a little crack baby packet and hope that you retain it. I am going to teach about them and the people who uh, inspire them. <laughs> exactly but, exactly but I'm an 80s baby so you know I'm just old school with it now now yo tell me this man like uh, I look at the credits I see I see four names that I know very well I see Matt Ringrose I see Christopher and Linda Benares I see Ty Fisher um they have helped me with, they have helped me matriculate into theater, um, here in Greensboro ever since I moved here. Apparently they have been very instrumental to your, um, journey as an artist. Uh, how did you get connected with them? Um,
2: well, I met, I met Todd at first but we didn't really meet. I just saw him because I thought he was, um, this is when I was just really, This after I was doing Stranger Things, because Stranger Things was my first thing. And a couple weeks later, I started taking the classes, like I said, and I started taking classes. And my first class, I thought Todd was my teacher because he was in the room I was teaching. He was like, oh, no, no, it's somebody else. And then soon enough, Matt walked in. And this was for the um the summer camp. If you don't know, there was, well, there I think there still is. Maybe there's not, I, I don't know. But there was a summer camp where they allow you, movie camp, that's what it's called, movie camp. And they allow you to make a film together and it takes the whole week. And then by the end of the week, they bring your parents, your friends, and they show you the, what work you've done. And that's where I met Matt. And Matt was, uh, I don't think Matt liked me at first because remember, I was 14, you know, I had a lot of energy and oh, I still do but I don't think he liked me at first and then the, the second that meeting is when was I met
0: like the most likable person I've ever, I, one of the most likable people I've ever known
2: yeah but I don't think he liked me very much <laughs> you know but then I started you know doing um, the classes That remember when we first met during the class where we were talking about doing the 48 hour? Yeah yeah well that's <laughs> when I that's when I really start to got to know Matt, and I start to you know work with him, work with you, and we started to get to know each other. And now, um, then we did Into the Shadows, and he—I'm pretty sure I exploded a part of his brain because it was so much stress on that dude. And Chris, and that's when I first met Chris doing the Into the Shadows. Hey, you know, me and Todd, we, me and Todd, we got along pretty well because when I was doing the AAL thing, he he helped. He used to come and help us, you know bring drinks and bring snacks and stuff like that. And I started to help him, started to we started to work with each other. And we got we got along pretty well, all of us. So. And then, you know, John pictures took movie stuff off of there. Now all the rights to my things are all to me now. So yeah, we got along very well, all of us.
0: Well, I just want to provide a picture in your mind for you in re- in regards to Chris Benares, all right? Chris is like one of the nicest people you ever meet, right? Yes. Picture him being, picture him being big, bad, and punking somebody. <laughs> that's what he did. That's what he did when we were when we were both in um, um, Look Behind. We were both in the film called Look Behind and. My character was a uh, paranoid and schizophrenic and whatnot and he was a guy at a bar getting a beer and I kept on looking at him because um uh, because, you know, I was having a moment, I was getting scared. And then Chris just turned around and pumped me. Ooh. Uh after that after that day we shot uh, after that day we filmed, he told me that I was casting King uh the 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 a Shakespearean play, uh the the King Henry the fourth part one, I think. And I gave him a big hug because I was so happy. Anywho, anywho, so yo, Into the Shadows, let's talk about Into the Shadows. Okay, let's do it. The light is beaming on you, see, you gotta get used to that. All you who are watching this on the ADQ YouTube channel, please hit that subscribe button. I'm trying to monetize off of y'all. Um. <laughs> So, into the shadows. How did that come about?
2: Um, well, first I wasn't to script writing. It was just um, it was a class Matt made up, and basically, drama set pictures that year when I was fourteen, starting out. They weren't doing anything really. They were only doing certain things. That was like from this year, from like the beginning of the year, the middle of the year, and the end of the year. So you have all these gaps in between. They didn't do anything in that one start doing stuff so I came to one of his classes and he was like so um you got an idea (laughs) I was like what do you mean he was like well if you come up with an idea we can help shoot it together I was like oh okay so um like a week later I came back with like a I came back with an idea and he and it was and it was just me and Chris at the time because Matt had to do something so I told Chris and Chris was like okay and then Matt came along, and then the next week, Matt, it was me and Matt, and Matt was like, okay, but you're gonna have to write this. Me? Yeah. You know, I was like, me? Four, I'm 14, you, you expect me to write this? And he was like, yeah. Does anybody else see a problem with it? And it was my dad and Chris in the room, so they like, go, go, I don't see anything, you know? I don't see any problem with it. You know, dad's from New York, he doesn't see anything, but, uh, <laughs> But he was like, yeah, you have to write this. I was like, uh, oh, okay, I'll, I'll write it. So a week later I came back with like a six, I was really excited. So I was like, I came back with a 60 page scripts about like this thick. And I was like, oh. and then Chris, and Matt was like, uh, this is 60 pages. I was like, supposed to be a TV show, right? He was like, it's 60 pages supposed to be a tv show right Mm -mm. but it's 60 pages you know so we ended up cutting some of it down we started talking about it and um davy who's in the tv show who plays steve um you know he started coming to some meetings too and he started helping cut some of this off and and then me and him started working together and we started becoming really good friends and yeah we started working and then soon enough we we shot it well first we cast for it and that was it was. I didn't think nobody would show up, but it turns out it was like the biggest casting in all of drama center pictures history. There was like a a bunch of people there, and it took like, like like almost the entire it took like almost the entire day to cast people. And so at the end of the day, we kicked we picked some people, and then we we sh- we brought, we brought them all here. We shot it in different locations, edited it together, and then we got drama. We got um. We got the first episode out, and that was the most watched episode in history, too. And the second one was, and the third one. Soon enough, the whole TV series got a, got really big. And um, my dad was like, "You know, we submit this to some places. We can actually, you know, we can get, we can actually get some nominations off this." I was like, "Okay, okay, it's okay. It's not that good, all right. It's it's my first thing, all right. Just, just chill." He was like, "No, man. I'll, 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 okay, okay. I won't do it." And you know. Him being him, he did it, and he submitted to like a couple ones, and we heard back from like three of them saying we got a nomination off it. I was like, oh my god, I hate being wrong, but thank you, father. I was that was a really good idea, and you know we got some nominations off it. And where I write, I wrote season two, which we're still trying to figure out where we're gonna shoot that now. So that's basically where the whole thing starts and today and where it ends.
0: So. You know, so, <clears throat> let me tell you this: the way that you all filmed it is beautiful because you—it's like you know that the attention span of the average person today is more. It's uh, if you're if you're my age, you you probably could get a good three minutes. Your age group probably
2: like I don't know forty seconds. Yeah, about a thirty to a minute. That's about it. You know, that's the first thing. That's that's why I, um that's why I tell some people. You know, when you're writing, you can't you you can't just write a script. You know, you have to give reasons for the audience to keep going with the story. You know, and I work <laughs> I worked with some people who who wrote scripts for me, and I've been in, and I was like. But what helps keep the story keep going? And and that I, I didn't understand it at first, but you know, growing older I start I'm getting more mature, I'm starting to realize, you know, that does help make the story go. That's that's probably the main thing about you know, that's probably the main thing about script writing. Not only make it a good story, but you have to make it you have to keep the audience entertained, you have to keep them going, give them a reason why I should keep watching the next thirty minutes of this movie or film or T V show or you know, move your film.
0: Yeah, like, like, I like how, um, I like how each episode does not exceed five minutes. Also, yeah. also, you're right, because there are times when I would see, there are times where I would see plays and films, and yo, I'm gonna tell you this, I'm gonna tell you how, how I watch the, how I watch the pin on my interest, right? All right, let's okay. hear this. Let's hear this. I'm like, okay, this gonna start with a bang. Now I'm probably gonna get like an hour of some filler type stuff. That's not gonna be a bang. It's kind of like you know, just kind of like smoke leading up to the next bang. And in the end, yeah. it's gonna be a bang, right? Mhm. You saw my play time. Thank you for coming to see that, by the way.
2: Hey, what hey. I want to do is to no get problem. The entire time. Yeah, it your 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 play was really good because not only it gave a reason for people to keep watching it, but it also kept them entertained. You know, it kept them going like, oh god, oh no, he's oh god, what is he gonna do? Don't don't pick up what I think you're about to pick up. Oh Jesus, he picked it up. Oh god, oh god. You know, you kept them entertained. You kept them going. You know, you kept kept them going like, oh god. Oh Jesus! Don't do what I think you're gonna do, and they you do it. You know you not only read them, but you make them feel what you're gonna do. You
0: know. Thank you. Uh, I want I want I want you all uh, who are watching and hearing this to know I did not I did not pay Caleb any money to say that.
2: No, no, no. Shh. No, 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 you didn't. No, you didn't.
0: But I, but thank you, man. I appreciate that. But that's the to me that's the key to good writing maintaining the interest uh maintaining the interest the entire time right not like oh it's gonna bang at first it's gonna pop at first uh it's gonna be filling stuff throughout the entire time until the end no keep them locked in the entire time I ain't gonna lie man uh into the shadows you know when I when I when I go back to you know goosebumps type stories uh I've honestly never seen stranger t- stranger things but I have seen episodes of Goosebumps yeah um
2: yeah yeah, yeah. now that I do it does kind of feel like that because um a newspaper guy I did an interview with he he also said it felt like that it felt like um Stephen it felt like um it a little bit
0: it felt like Stephen King's a little bit it yeah cause y'all mess yeah cause y'all tying the kids up man sheesh so so um one thing I really like about the first episode is if you go to the if you go to the lunch scene if you look really really uh, deep into the background you're gonna see it from oh the <laughs> hey man sure I had hey man I was like yo guys support the young brother guys support the young brother <laughs> um, when I found uh, when I found out that you was writing and stuff and whatnot, I was like, "Yo, I'm proud. I'm proud of this brother." Yeah, I- you should the set. You should have the said. I was
2: like, because um, it was in the classroom scene where I saw AJ, and I was like, I walked in. AJ was like, has feet up on the desk. He was like, "Hey, man!" I was like, "Oh, Jesus, hey, I was like, how's it going? What are you doing here?" I'm in the movie. I'm in the TV show. I was like, "All right, all right, okay." All right. Somebody contact you here. I'll have to see who that was, but uh, yeah. All
0: right. <laughs> hey man, I saw I saw what y'all were doing and what you got going on, and I was really proud and stuff. It. I still am proud because writing a play is one thing, you know. It's his own. It's his own monster. But putting together that on TV show with all of them extras, you know what I'm saying? Well, all of us extras. <laughs> and just keeping yeah. up. Us- it's just keeping us dialed into the story and stuff. That takes a it takes a piece of master mastery right there. Aw, oh, thank you. Now tell me this. What is your vision for Into the Shadows? For what? For Into the Shadows. What do you want to do with it? Like, where do you see it going?
2: Um, well, I have this um some people from different countries. Apparently saw it and they want to um, they want to talk to me about it. So my dad, you know He's talking to them back and forth. They're trying to like, you know, can you sell it to us? You know, because we some people here They like it. So, um, he wish we're, we're thinking about maybe giving it giving some part of them like you know Sending them They'll you know, we're gonna we're talking it out right now um TSM um, TSM enterprises wants to make a, um, a Screening platform, so I'm pretty sure they're gonna want since one of the people in charge, Sydney, who plays, um, who plays, God, oh God. Amanda, I knew that, Amanda. <laughs> it That's turns cool. out I think they're gonna want that. They're gonna want um, Into the Shadows on the screening platform, so we're gonna have to talk to them about that. This i just trying to just get it out there, you know, I'm, trying, I'm talking to some people right now to get it
0: out there. Praise God, man, praise God, shoot. Um, I'm gonna yeah. tell you this though. I'm gonna tell you this. Yeah, mind about mind about throw a little wisdom your way from old G to, uh, to young G. All right, so um, recently Lil Wayne sold his masters, right?
2: Yeah,
0: and got a hundred million dollars for it. Um, I tell th- this is why I'm bringing this up because Into the Shadows is your baby, right? that's something that that's going to be something big that you can monetize off of for the rest of your life well uh well to any musician that's what their masters is is their whole body of work yeah um into the shadows is going to be your project it's it's going to be i hate to make this comparison but it's going to be the you what well, Madia is to Tyler Perry. You Say into the shadows, you're gonna think Caleb Curtis. You say, you think, you think Madia, you're gonna think Tyler Perry. You think Tom Sawyer, you're gonna think uh, Mark Twain. You think of some of the greatest uh, writings about Pittsburgh. You're gonna think August Wilson. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I get, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Don't ever give up. In the, into the shadows it's that's gonna be your that's 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 your thing that's going to take you from sleepy boring Greensboro to the highest of the heights. There you go. Oh yeah, uh, here's another comparison. Well, Rocky was Sylvester Stallone. Nailed it. Nailed
2: it right there, right there. Nailed
0: it the right there. Thing, the sad thing is Sylvester Stallone doesn't own the Rocky franchise anymore. And they're still cranking out Rocky, like Michael B. Jordan is about to be directing Creed 3, right? Yeah, three. Creed 3 is based off of Apollo Creed, who is a Rocky character. Therefore, Sylvester Stallone guy has a stake in there. But they could do Creed 3 and he's not even making a penny from it because he doesn't own it anymore. Nope. He
2: doesn't own it anymore. You know, when you sell it to a big studio, you own some of it, but uh, most of the, most of it, like um, like what happened to um, Drama Center Pictures, when I sold um, into the Shadows, I own some of it, but whoever you sell it to, they own like eighty percent of it, and you own like the like the little twenty. So, unless that studio like goes away or just like or just runs out of money and is gone. Then, then all the stuff comes to you. But, like how what happened to Rocky, you know? He, he, he has 20% of it, and now I guess it's gone. So, he doesn't make any money off of it.
0: Exactly, and now when someone plays Lil Wayne's music, he ain't gonna get paid off of it. Nope. Prince refused to collaborate with Nas until he said he will collaborate with him when he owns his masters. So, yeah, that's just a little ownership tidbit that I'm on uh, these days. <laughs> now, tell me this. As an actor, I want to ask you this as an actor and as a writer. As an actor, who do you look at? Who influences you?
2: Um, Tom Hanks. He really
0: influences me. He's Man, really that's good. I'm starting at the top, bro. Yep. That's Tom the guy. Hanks. What's your favorite Tom Hanks movie?
2: Uh, I don't know. Um I grew up with Toy Story. I didn't that's why I didn't know who Tom Hanks was. Um I don't know. I like big. I think maybe Catch Me If You Can with Leonardo DiCaprio. He's also one of those guys who's up there who like really influenced me, you know. So, yeah, Catch Me If You Can. Oh, and Christopher Walken was also in there.
0: My favorite Tom Hanks movie will forever be Forrest Gump. Oh, I forgot Forrest Gump! Ah, oh, I forgot it. Um, I'm just saying. You no. Know, if you said Toy Story and Catch Me If You Can, I was just saying to myself, "He's 16. He's 16." There are lots of Tom Hanks classics that Caleb needs to discover.
2: I like Big. Big's a classic. Um, Moneyball. No that's not what it's called. Muddy Pit, that's what it's called. Muddy Pit, it's that's a pretty good one I
0: like. But then you got Philadelphia. That's around time when...
2: Philadelphia. Jeez, how am I forgetting this? I Yeah, the one with Denzel Washington, right?
0: Yeah, that's around the time when Tom Hanks was starting to transition from comedic actor to more uh, dramatic. Um, yeah. He killed it as Mr. Rogers. Jeez, Mr. Rogers. I haven't seen
2: that one yet. I haven't seen Philadelphia yet either, but I've also seen, um, there's two other ones where he plays a guy who, he plays a professor who's, um, who works on Jesus, you know, these people who try to kill him. He, when he helps this woman find out who she really is, and it turns, oh, now I'm not gonna spoil it. I'm not gonna spoil it. But, the Da Vinci um, Code. The Vinci Code. That's what it was. Da Vinci Code. Yeah. Yeah.
0: When I first uh, heard about that, I was like, yo, uh, well, you know, I just remember there was so much controversy about the Da Vinci Code when first came out. But you know, who cares about controversy? People talk. So, um, Hanks. Who else? Who else inspires you? Uh, let's see. Let's see. Yeah, I would say who would you say that you kind of like patterning yourself after as a as an actor?
2: Like when the person's gone, who's gonna take over?
0: More like, yo, he did this, he or she did this. Let me do this, or he or she um, does this before they go on set, on stage. Let me do that, you know, stuff like that.
2: Probably, Dan Aykroyd. You know, he, he's he's a writer, he's a screenwriter, he's also an actor, producer. You know, and he's um. <laughs> He, he's a, he's really good at
0: what he does, you know? Dan Aykroyd created Ghostbusters with Harold Ramis.
2: Yeah, Harold Ramis, that, same here, same there. Bill Murray, you know, that, you know?
0: All Dan good. Dan Aykroyd also, yo. Brother Blue. Dan Aykroyd is like one, is like very unsung because check this out, check this out. I'm gonna name three Performances from him that I love, right? Okay, we uh, there's Ghostbusters, right? I love how he stood toe to toe with a Murphy in Trading Places, had me laughing my behind off the, the entire time, then made me cry in my girl, man. I haven't seen that one, I gotta see that, so I'll put it over here. If you're, uh, if, uh, what's your, what's your, astrolog- what's your astrological, uh, sign, Caleb? Huh? What's your astrological sign? Like, I'm a Virgo. Where are you? I do not know. Oh, yeah. All right. Don't follow this up. Anyway, if, if you are like the sensitive type, my girl will make you cry. So, laughing you behind off of training places, dancing, Blues Brothers. Brian and my girl, and and we're back to dancing. Um, chat with both man, you know RRP to the legend. Um, as great as he is, which he's great, he did his thing and Guil up when he played James Brown. I was just gonna say Dan Aykroyd was there. Boom. <laughs> That's two. I mean three. There you go. I was just saying, get on up because Dan Aykroyd was there. Yeah, Dan Aykroyd was. uh Wasn't he the manager? I think. Yeah, I think so.
2: Yeah, I seen clips from that film. Yeah, it seemed really good.
0: Chadwick Boseman was the man. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, <laughs> man. Personally, he gets all this love and credit for Black Panther, but. You watch Get On Up, he, he watched My Reign's Black Bottom. You know, he did not thing in Black Panther, but My Reign's Black Bottom, Get On Up, he did better acting-wise. My yeah. People say he should get an
2: Oscar this year for the role he just did.
0: Bruh, after I saw after I saw My Reign's Black Bottom, I was so mad at him for dying, you know what I'm saying? Like, he had me just he had me just completely in there. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, dang it, man. He was like, it's like he knew this would be his last performance. You know what I'm saying? No. Yeah. And I was also thinking, and he was suffering from colon cancer this entire time. People have said that he was in hardcore pain while filming My Rain's Black Father.
2: You know, to do acting and to do all this other stuff while you have that, and you know you have that, it's just, that takes a lot of guts.
0: That takes a lot. Yeah, it really does. And Caleb has frozen. this is adq's renaissance i'm adq and i am talking with caleb curse and caleb has frozen so let's see if we do a couple clicks here
2: You shouldn't just, you shouldn't just, just, just push them away. You know, you sh- you should help. You should like, you should see how they act, how they react, how what they do, what can they not do, and if you have a role for them, then you should just pick a role for them. I mean, if it's harder, and there, it'd be worth it because if they're that good enough it's not only be mentally challenged and you be that good of an actor to actually be in your film. Then it's gonna be worth it, you know. It's so worth it, just just hanging out with these guys. It's so that's so nice and so uplifting.
0: What has been like your own personal experience with uh, somebody, like, um, like what? uh which type of challenge, uh, disability, uh, if you may, if you will, uh, that you had to work with someone? and what was the experience like
2: um it's either between i think it was between um there's this guy named tommy and he he has a mental challenge where he he stutters a lot and you know <laughs> he was so sweet because he he he's so excited for everything you know these guys is so excited for a lot of things i'm like it's like two it's like um it's like it's like seven o'clock at night and you're ready to go to bed they come in the like, Oh my god, I'm like oh, dude, okay. Oh, you're starting to get me really excited. Yeah, all right, let's come on, Sally, let's do this. Yeah. I'm ready, you know? And they they lift they make you feel so, you know, warm inside. They 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 not only make you feel happy, but they also they get you like really excited for like just like a cup of coffee, you know, like oh my god You know, you you go to Panera Bread, you wait for like an hour, but then they're so excited, like, oh my God, I can't wait to get this coffee. They can't wait to get this coffee, you know? They they, 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 they latch onto you in such a nice way. It feels really nice.
0: That's kind of like that excitable energy that they, uh, in their own innocence, give off to those who are around them. And we all can learn something from that. You really could. You really
2: could. These people, they, these guys and girls, they they really tell. They they're not just 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 so secretive, you know. They want to tell you something, they would tell you. They don't, they don't, they, they tell you stuff that they want you to know. Instead of just instead of me asking somebody a question, they just like. I, I don't know, I guess so. Whatever you want to do. No! Just answer the question. Yes, no. How do you feel? Just tell me, you know.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, man. Like I said, when COVID is over and the world returns to normal, I would uh I'm gonna I'm gonna push myself to get involved with that. You
2: you really should. They're a really, really fun group to hang out with. And the people who help are even funnier, funnier because Sally and her um her assistant Terry and um Pete they had they're like so hilarious they're like comedians they tell jokes constantly that goes like they're really cheesy jokes but they're so cheesy like oh wow <laughs> I get go it you know I get it.
0: I'm gonna go ahead and shout them out the ma- I know what you're talking about you're talking about Sally Kinka Terry Power and Pete Turner all of them great people. I've well, uh yeah do them um I I have yet to work with Pete on something but I work with uh Terry and Sally and yeah they're very they're all very talented um the drama center is a very great group of people that I've been really blessed to uh get connected to during my time here in Greensboro when I came here to Greensboro I was like okay What's the theater scene looking like here? Because I already tore it up in Winston-Salem. So, you know, what's the theater scene looking like here in Greensboro? Yeah. And, yeah, I love Drama Center and stuff. Uh, oh. So, tell me this, Caleb, What does the future hold for you? Well, I got some
2: things working up right now. I just got um, I just did audition for a baseball film and they picked me for a um outfielder on the team, one of the main characters. So, yeah, it's about this about it's about these um, it takes place I think in the early 1900s where these three black women are trying to get onto the team and you know they're trying to deal with that. Um, I'm doing this podcast with you, I have some things I've been writing and sending it out and. My dad, got a whole like like twenty page list of like really like James Bond people, like producers who produce like things like James Bond, that I was sending out to personally. So I got
0: I got some things. So yo, I uh, first of all, I want to applaud your dad, Christopher Kurtz. The way that he supports you is beautiful. He ain't that that he ain't no dad going cokin the cokin dad, Macaulay is dad. He ain't that type of support. That man was a freaking monster. Um, he ain't no Joe Jackson support. It is I love my son and I want to see him shine as much as he wants as much as he wants to type of support, and that's always a beautiful thing to do. What is... Yeah, the... I... No, go
2: ahead.
0: Go but... ahead. No, no what, what was your question? What was your question? Well, what I was about to say is, what is like the regular? What is like the regular uh process of when you when you present a new project to your dad, and where the shooting is going to take place?
2: <laughs> so when I um when I get a get like a script ready, I tell him the idea, and he you know he he doesn't just listen; he also. He also goes like, Well can you figure this well can the characters do this and this and this? Well if they do this, can they also do this? Or if they do this, you know this would happen. And he helps me with that type of stuff. I always think he's being mean about it, but he's not. He's trying to help me. And then I tell him some locations we can shoot and you know, he helps me hook up with Matt and we start talking back and forth and then you know, him and my him and my dad and Matt, you know, you probably have been a room with them together, you know, they get along really well. Oh yeah. (laughs) Since they basically have this brain, so, you know, it's, he's he's really helpful, he's really helpful.
0: So, uh, so what do you, so, okay, so say you had to, um, say you got cast in a film that is all the way in Hollywood, right, and you had to go film in Hollywood, Um, of course, of course, you know, you can't travel out there by yourself, you're a minor, right? Yeah, minor. Yeah. Ah, uh, heck, enjoy it while you can. Get that free food. Get that free food while you can. <laughs> um,
2: yeah. I I want to stay a.
0: I want to stay a kid. You know, I don't
2: want I don't want to be an adult yet. So. I my you, people? Man. Keep going. Oh, you're almost an adult. I'm like, oh God, no, please don't tell me that. I don't want to no, know I'm almost an adult. You know? Why not? Because everyone, most, most, some, like like, 80% of my friends are mostly adults and because I've worked with a lot of people on set most of those are adults. And they tell me, you know, kid, stay young because, uh, <laughs> you know, it's a mustache twirling. <laughs> you know, stay young because uh, you have to pay bills. If you have children, you have to pay for that. You get a wife, you got to pay for that. You got to pay rent, you got to pay all this other stuff. I'm like, oh, Jesus. Ah, such a headache, you know, I don't... I've heard a lot of stuff about being an adult, and, you know, now that I'm almost an adult, I don't want to be an adult, because I know the responsibilities that come with being an adult, but, you know, it's gonna happen, so I just, that's what I get to look
0: forward to. job okay. you know? Okay, well, uh, allow, me, allow me to give you my spiel on adulting. First of all, First of all, your mama and your daddy are going to have your back for the rest of your life. Here, there, wherever, they are gonna have your back for the rest of your life. You know what I'm saying? They are always gonna be there. Whether you're 16 or 60 or 80, wherever, uh, whatever. That's, that's for- parents. Yes, I can tell that you have great parents i yeah. see your dad in action. Number two, kids, wife, those are not mandatory. You know what I'm saying? That only comes if you're ready for it to come. I'm 35. I'm not married. I don't have any kids. I'm not looking to uh, have any of that anytime soon. You know what I'm saying? So that's not mandatory. Right now, you strike me as uh, let me get my, let me uh, dive all the way into my into my career and we'll talk about that personal stuff later all right and speaking as somebody who was on that who was on that path just got into that just gone to that path late in life that's the trajectory that's the trajectory for you
2: yeah that's what i'm that's what i'm doing you know i don't you know, I've had a lot of opportunities to go hang out with some people and hang out with some friends. I'm like, let me just get my stuff together. Then I'll hang out with you when I have time. But you know, that's my main focus right now. That and schoolwork, but mostly acting because, act. you know, friends, they, they can come and go, but acting usually stays forever. It doesn't... Sure, it can be a headache at some times, but so can your friend, you know? And I'd rather just look forward to my future, which is acting, and my job, my career, then when I'm successful, then I can come hang out with you, you know? I'm just building it up right now so I don't have to worry about it in the future.
0: Basically, basically, you got three headed beats going on uh, as far as your priorities go. God, school, acting, that's what it is. Yep. And you got it. And also, dang, what was I about to say? Shoot. Oh yeah. Um, as far as you know, you know, it's good to keep a social life going and stuff, but once upon a time, lin Manuel Miranda, right? I know lin Manuel Miranda, yeah. ring the bell. Um I think so, yeah. In the Heights, Hamilton. Yes, 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 yes. Alright, so, so um he once went to a birthday party, right? But then, you know, an idea hit hit him, this is why he was writing Hamilton. An idea hit him uh to write uh for like a song to write for Hamilton. So he was at the birthday party for like five minutes and then he was like, I gotta go. And he went home and wrote the song. <laughs> Wow.
2: Um that that's a great thing about an idea. No matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, you can just have one and then boop just oh stay in there.
0: Don't you go don't you get out. Just stay in there. Stay in there. Well take a pad with you, write it down, or just leave and go write that idea because that could be a million dollar idea. That yep, that can get you somewhere, you know? That can that can really get you somewhere. So uh Caleb, as we start to wrap as we start to wrap this up, if somebody wants to like cast you, um run a script idea by you, um tell you uh nominate you for a, for an Academy Award, um uh, you know, uh, or just you know, shoot the breeze with you and stuff, how can they uh what's a good way to contact you? Let's see. Um you
2: can go by my you can go by my dad's number or mine. My number is 336 210 1514 My dad's email is D-R-T-K-U-R-T-Z. That's basically basically that's how you that's basically that's how you contact us because if you call me and I don't know your number you can always leave a message because i i've learned you just shouldn't just pick up random phone calls from people and if you if you email my dad he's gonna email you within like a couple of minutes at the least he's always checking his email for anything so if you want to contact us It's my number or his email
0: yeah me i'm more uh, i'm more of an email person because you know between his girlfriends and just crazy telemarketers out there You know, all sorts of people are ringing my phone. So I'm like, eh, if it's important, they'll leave a message. So... (laughs) That's
2: exactly what my dad says. If it's important, he'll leave me a message. Oh, my
0: Lord. So so if you want to gain the services of Mr. Caleb Kurtz here, the way to contact him is through his dad. Yeah. Basically, through my dad. And also... And also, anybody wants to contact me, my email is adq4christ at gmail.com. My Twitter handle is AvenueADQ underscore 85. My Instagram is DionChocolateGod85. Um, I'm on Twitch now. So, you know, ADQ85. I'm not a gamer, but I'm a talker, obviously. Um, and you can hit me up on Facebook. My name is Adrian Dion Quarles, A-D-R-I-A-N. D-I-O-N-Q-U-A-R-L-E-S Please do not call the CIA on me Caleb Yes First of all I want to tell you uh, Man it's been great talking to you Yo I cannot wait to get into the reading That you uh, The material that you sent me Um, Yo Usually people say the sky's the limit But you're in the sky When you're in an airplane so I tell you this: there's no limits, none. You keep going like you. No you keep going like you're going. You keep praying like you're praying. You keep, um, you keep people like you. You keep your dad uh, supporting you and helping you, and you know you for you you forever got a fan in me. Yo, I expect an Oscar for you, sir. I expect an Oscar. For you. <laughs> thank you, thank you. And you are. A necessary, needed, valued, beloved member of the Renaissance. Our people are better because of you and because of what you're about to put into the world. Thank you, man. Thank you. I, I, I really thank you. Man, you're doing all that. you direct the traffic or something. What in the world are you doing? I'm going go. to my fans.
2: Oh yeah, you got to There's baby. nobody there.
0: And also, I've been meaning to tell you throughout this entire conversation. Love the background. That uh, my favorite color is all shades of blue. Thank you. This
2: is that's for my um. This is for my agency. They gave me up so I can like if I do an audition. You see, it's just if I move it, it's just all blue. So you can do an audition right here. There's a there's a fact. If you want to do an audition, do get a screen or something. Or just get a... Just don't... Don't put any, like, this stuff. Don't put pictures or anything. Just get a blank wall, something like this, a carpet or something, and just do your audition because that's how agents really like it. Just don't put anything near near you. Just an uh, empty wall. That's what you need. That's about it. In good light. That's, that's, that's
0: what this is for. All right. Well, since you're all right, since you're giving out audition tips, tell me this uh real quick real quick yeah i've noticed that your generation though y'all are like really tech heavy and on your video games and stuff y'all are actually a lot wiser than my generation when we were 16. so yeah 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 man you think i you wanna know what i was writing when i was 16. I was writing corny raps to impress girls with man. I'm a man without such a need, no introduction. I'm the ladies, man. I'm the people champion. All the people in my clan call me ADQ. Come on, man.
2: There we go.
0: No, no, no. That's <laughs> not what, that, no, that's not where we go. That was thumbs down. So please, since you're since you are a go-getter and a dreamer and stuff, talk to the people tell people what telling
2: people what time it is it's time for you to tell somebody what you want to do because I'm telling you right now if you tell somebody what you really want to do it will feel amazing and you're going to want to do it no matter it can be a lot of work it can do it can be such a headache sometimes but when you when you win that prize that you want so badly in life that dream you go you went after if you tell somebody what you want to do at the end I promise you it's gonna be it's gonna be worth it you're gonna be sitting in your your big old mansion and one day you're gonna be pulling up next to that person that you that made fun of you for going after your dream you know what you're gonna be pulling up in you' put up in a Lamborghini what I do is pull up in this piece of crap renter car. trust me man it's gonna feel good for a woman it's gonna feel really nice when you when you tell somebody what you want to do and they're gonna help you like your parents. My parents not here, he's in there, the other room.
0: Shout out to your parents. Well, uh 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 Also real quick man, you should tell yourself, uh, how can the people watch into the shadows or anything else that you've been a part of?
2: So, into the shadows. Okay, so into the shadows is on YouTube. You go to drama, if you type in into the shadows, drama set of pictures, the video should pop up. And if one of my other films I recently did is called Unwrapping Christmas, which we were talking about for the video, cut. Um, you can find that, excuse me, on you can find it on um, Amazon, Amazon Prime. You can find it on Amazon Prime. Just type in Unwrapping Christmas,
0: and that's one of my films we did. Well, I did. All right, y'all watch out for this young brother. He is on the rise, and I'm not just saying that because I'm not just saying that because he's my young homie. I'm saying that because. The boy can actually act. You know what I'm saying? You can actually act. You know what I'm saying? i was just saying. Yeah. But, yo, thank you, Caleb, man. Appreciate you. And I will see you at the top, brother.
2: Thank you, man. Thank you, everyone, for watching.
0: See you, Adrian. I'll see you, man. All right. Bye. Peace. And that, my people, has been an episode of edicules renaissance yes yes all of your dreams oh why am i talking like that all your dreams yo 2021 is the year of the grind 2021 is the year of the grind do you hear me 2021 is the year of the grind shout out to my man shout out to my young homie caleb kurtz he out there getting i'm out here getting i got more posters than i ready that i'm about to add to the wall you know what i'm saying now, y'all go out there and get it. This is ADQ's Renaissance. I'm ADQ. My guest was Caleb Kurtz. Peace. I'm about to end it right now.
1: Boom. How did we come to exist, into existence? Not knowing what existence is or what it is to exist. I sat and pondered for an answer to this. Mind wandered through multiple levels of consciousness. But as I traveled through the twisted corridors of my mind, the answer to this I couldn't seem to find. And what I realized is that I'm trapped in a modern day matrix where I, matrix and our fates fixed. Caught in the mix, in the midst of ever confusion, being force-fed true lies. Rarely do I see sunshine and blue skies Barely do these eyes Are you surprised? I think not for not thinking Got us repeatedly repeating ridiculous redundant acts In order to attack these facts First we must face these facts Then erase these facts The fact of the matter is that we have become too relaxed The devil's claws snap like bear traps You don't believe me? How did the Egyptian empire collapse? Africa, the World trade center, multiple suicide bombers perhaps These are lost souls that demons possess Obsessions to possess possessions through others' transgressions God is teaching, we just ain't learning the lessons We need to learn to love instead of just reaching for blessings Brothers killing brothers over crippled blood sections Modern-day Cain enables my brother's keepers keeping my brother's back Grim reapers wearing colors instead of black Unity, what is that? Affection, what is that? Lost direction, stop, don't go that way, turn back Dead ends only lead to dead ends Dead friends and dead foes Dead lives and dead souls I realized that when I arrived The dead froze Then they arose I resurrected life as Jesus put breath into Adam And took a rib out to conceive Eve A poet is more than you can ever believe And a belief is an accepted opinion So just accept and receive This is a blessing, take this lesson and heed Am I just guessing when I guess we're in need? I can write till the ink starts to bleed I can write i can write till your hairline recedes i can write i can write till the birds swim and the fish fly i can write till the sun falls out of the sky i can write till the cats bark and the dogs sing i can write but tell me will it change anything tell me will it change anything i can write We come to exist into existence not knowing what existence is or what it is to exist I sat and pondered for an answer to this mind wandered through multiple levels of consciousness but as I traveled through the twisted corridors of my mind the answer to this I couldn't seem to find and what I realized is that I'm trapped in a modern-day matrix where our matrix and our fates fixed caught in the mix in the midst of everlasting confusion Being force-fed true lies Rarely do I see sunshine and blue skies Barely do these eyes Are you surprised? I think not for not thinking Got us repeatedly repeating ridiculous redundant acts In order to attack these facts First we must face these facts Then erase these facts The fact of the matter is that we have become too relaxed the devil's claws snap like bear traps. You don't believe me? How did the Egyptian Empire collapse? Africa, the World Trade Center, multiple suicide bombers—perhaps these are lost-